0: This is Health in the Details podcast. This podcast is for real people, real women, and mothers who want to walk the streets of holistic health and healing. Discovering holistic health details that are doable and maybe hide in the back alleys of the streets, but can uplift, provide insight, and change your life. A place for you to expand and truly understand. This podcast is about up-leveling your health so you can live your best self and make an impact how you want in your life and others. I'm your host, Stephanie Spurgeon.
1: They have, some of them are heavy mouth breathers. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have, you're not going to achieve health if you're a mouth breather. You know, you're not going to, achieve that. I mean, I can you can get some pretty good results, but it may not last unless you treat them. money need to get pregnant. Make sure they have have given you this test. Know know what your oral biome has got going on, right?
0: Judy Carroll is a registered dental hygienist and has practiced for 32 years. Last 22 years, she is an innovator and is on the forefront of a technology called dental endoscopy, which has changed the face of periodontal disease and gum health in patients worldwide. Wide, She is seen by patients worldwide and she has so much to share in the progression of the dental industry and cleaning teeth, health of gums, and I'm so happy to have her on the show today because her wealth of knowledge and our mouth, our biome is just mind-blowing and I'm so excited to have her here today. Thank you, Judy.
1: Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. I love that introduction. That was beautifully done. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's so great to have you today. And I'm so excited because, I mean, Judy, we're going to talk about the bilateral uh, communication of our whole body and our mouth. And um, But let's backtrack first. And I really want to go into basically, you know, how you started this technique and what, what was going on, you know, how it happened and how it kind of came about.
1: Okay. okay. Well, I, I was, had been doing traditional dental hygiene for 10 years and I ended up landing in a periodontal office, a surgical periodontal office, which is a specialty clinic that treats uh, usually pretty advanced stage periodontal disease. Um, and what I was witnessing in that practice was you know, quite horrifying to me. Um, I would see 20-somethings come in there and have all their teeth extracted in one day. Just all their teeth are, you know, taken out and they're in their 20s. But I routinely saw aggressive surgeries, extractions. Um, You know, when I lecture, I show a a pile of extracted teeth from just one day in a periodontal specialty practice. And I just felt, you know, after being in the profession for 10 years and learning all I could about prevention, you know, I was going to every course I could get my hands on. I was going to the most advanced courses. I was doing everything in my power to help prevent this, but also to try to figure out how we could treat it rather than just aggressively, you know, extracting teeth. Um, So I was I was pretty horrified and I got to the point where I wanted to just leave dentistry. I felt so helpless yes. it was quite an emotional thing for me um that day that I saw that 27 year old come in and have all his teeth extract he didn't have a single cavity he had most wow. beautiful teeth and it was um it was kind of a turning point for me really quite emotional I was like you know if I can't figure out how to fix this <laughs> I'm wow. gonna leave so I was really kind of at that turning point where um my passion just really kicked in. My anger kicked in, my passion, my compassion. And I said, I got to find solutions. And it was with that same periodontist that, you know, we argued all the time. You know, we had quite an interesting relationship, but I kept telling him, look, I need a better way. We we need to do something different. I've got got to have better tools, is what I told him. And so he went to an uh, uh, American Academy periodontal meeting in Hawaii and came home so excited and told me about that. He had got his hands on this new technology called a periodontal endoscope. Mm -hmm. And what it did, it was a, it's a little, he goes, it's a tiny little camera. We can see under the gums with it, just like they do in medicine, you know, where they can do non-invasive things with endoscopes. So, and and instead of cutting, all we need to do is slip this tiny little camera down between the tooth and the gum, and we can see what we're doing. And by seeing what we're doing, we can actually remove all of the the toxic stuff that's in those deep pockets. If any of your listeners have ever had, you know, deep periodontal pockets, they'll know what I'm talking about. We, we We do a blind root planing approach to try to remove that stuff, and that doesn't work And so the patient has to go to surgery Mm -hmm. and have that stuff removed, or they're so far advanced that they can't even have surgery. And that was the case with that young person that I saw have all their teeth extracted. So, you know, my, so when he brought that endoscope back from Hawaii, um, it turned my world completely on a whole nother, I mean, I just went on this path of you know, trying to figure out how to use this new technology in a way that, you know, we could not only save teeth without doing surgery, right? So eliminate the surgery. Yeah. Um, we would eliminate blind approach, that root planing, that traditional root planing, which has been around, been around for a hundred years, um, but also um, be able to regenerate tissue and bone non-surgically. So, yeah. I set out it took it took a few years for me to really um, come up with a protocol where I could feel good about the results consistently with patients with very challenging risk factors smokers, diabetics, mm-hmm. patients on you know elderly patients all sorts of risk factors that make it challenging to to achieve results and you know um t- 22 years later here i am and my specialty cases are those cases the patients that are that's kind of become my specialty only because i've become so good at it is is saving hopeless teeth yeah. and doing it in a way that's kind and gentle <laughs> and inexpensive i might add um Um, So, you know, through advanced technologies, we're able to uh, really, you know, offset this disease at an earlier stage, you know, they don't have to go to that moderate or that excuse me that more advanced stage, but we can also achieve just amazing results on these very severe cases without having to do surgery without having to extract teeth and that sort of thing and that saves the patient a lot of money and heartache down the road so for me it started in periodontal specialty practice and you know when when something really disturbs you enough you kind of look for solutions (laughs) yeah you stand up and you get
0: empowered and you've empowered Uh, thousands of people I mean I think it's great and what you're saying I mean for our listeners to touch on specifically too because if they are maybe seeing you know a traditional dentist and, you know, just a gentle hygienist um, who might suggest, you know, cutting, cutting, because isn't that the traditional model to cut gingivitis and stop the spread or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think it's great that you're there, like you said, even in the earlier stages of prevention, if your dentist is even saying like, let's watch this gingivitis
1: yeah, you know, I think yeah they they maintain it. I'm going to put that in quotes. Mm-hmm. The, um, I was just reading a paper on this. There is a lot of research on this, okay? And what's going on in traditional care out there in every dental office across America and the whole entire world really is this traditional blind approach of cleaning your teeth without being able to see what you're doing. Mm. And so because it doesn't work and we don't achieve health, with that, we just don't um the patient is then maintained they're they're yeah, maintained, exactly. and again, I'm going to put those in quotations. What we now now know about the biofilm, the pathogenic bacteria that exactly. live in those pockets, you know the research is emerging day after day after day over the last ten years, I would say it's just exploded and and really, every day you can find new research on how. These oral pathogens contribute to alzheimer's and cardiovascular disease and diabetes mm-hmm. and on and on and on i could go on and on the list is yeah, leaky, gut. I mean, yeah. leaky gut i mean leaky gut cancer right. okay every system of the body is being bombarded with these pathogens if all you're doing is maintaining these pockets so it's not just about saving teeth this is what i teach people is that yeah as a dental hygienist, you may feel like Mary is, is doing okay every three months and yeah. she looks okay to you, but you don't know the truth about what's going on in those pockets until Not you get yourself an endoscope and you can actually see what's going on. Um, that that tartar, that stuff that, that um, you know, we call it calculus, but it's a calcified dead plaque really, mm-hmm. and, and calcium and all sorts of things. What it does is it allows a place for pathogenic bacteria to live and colonize and become more mature and toxic over time. So yeah. that tartar needs to come out and that, cause that wound, that pocket cannot heal. It cannot heal over the top of that uh, tartar or calculus that's trapped yeah. in that pocket. And so what you've got is this festering wound and you've got biofilm that becomes more mature and more toxic over time. And so let's say you're getting your teeth cleaned every three to six months and you're maintaining, in quotes, maintaining these pockets. You you might be maintaining the same depth for a while. Maybe it's seven millimeters and it stays there for a while. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere, but you're exposing yourself to, you know, that there's capillaries in those pockets in your gums where the pathogens just
0: right, easily bloodstream,
1: yeah. travel. So, it, it, you know, the mouth and the body are one. They're not yeah. separate.
0: No. And I think that's a beautiful point that you're touching on, because if you really cannot heal or really get to a place where you want to be, you know, maybe you should okay. look in your mouth, right?
1: Yes. Your mouth is a good indicator of something out of balance.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's, um, you also brought up a really good point is, um, traditional dentistry that maintained We're quoting that maintained, um, you know, when I was pregnant, for example, they just said, let's watch that. Let's watch that yeah. little, you yeah. know, it looks like you have some gingivitis on around that tooth. Let's watch it. So yeah. that was their solution. And they didn't even provide a solution actually yeah. to yeah. like, let's watch it. Um, And I think your approach as well, I think we should really touch on that. Because you not only help fix it with the RPE and you're working with clients, but you're also providing them with a comprehensive hygienic approach, like to move forward, to give them the tools and empower them to take care of their oral health beyond, beyond what they do with you. I no, what
1: I what I pride myself in is periodontal medicine and I call it functional periodontal medicine where I treat the cause of why they have those pockets, okay yeah, yeah. We now know that bacteria is not really the cause of this. Inflammation is the cause of destruction of the periodontium. And inflammation, you know you can have a patient with hardly any pathogenic bacteria at all and they can still have out of control inflammation, which leads to tissue and bone loss. So I spend a majority of my time, probably 80% of my time and effort is spent on trying to figure out what's wrong with the immune system and correcting it. And for my patients, there's patterns. I've, I've seen thousands of patients over the years, of course, and I I run blood work on all of my patients. I won't do a case without blood work. And the patterns are deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, they are completely unaware of vitamin D, Mm -hmm. vitamin B12, vitamin C, magnesium, Um, other things that are undiagnosed by their own dentist, periodontist, or even their own medical provider, thyroid issues. I see it all the time, completely undiagnosed. Nobody ever runs labs for this stuff. If you don't run labs to find out what deficiencies you're dealing with, you're going to be dealing, you're going to be working on a host that's immunocompromised. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say they have blood sugar issues. I can't tell you how many patients have come to me after seeing a period, three periodontists and they come to me for help. And I said, did they get labs? Did they get blood work? No, they didn't get blood work. I run blood work on these patients and they have diabetes. No one ever checked, (laughs) you know, so, but it's not just the blood sugar because we know blood sugar is a major destructor, you know, destructive. medical condition when it comes to periodontal disease, but there's so many other conditions and deficiencies patients have, Mm -hmm. and you need to know what kind of blood work to get to figure out why is the immune system in this host either overreacting to a little bit of bacteria or underreacting or, you know what I'm saying? So you have to figure what, like, like I said, I spend 80% of my time you know, like a detective figuring out what's wrong with the immune system, what, because I want to achieve homeostasis in the host. Uh I don't want to just do treatment. I don't want that patient to ever come back to me for treatment. And the thing that the the truth about it is that many of these patients have surgery two or three times by the time they find me, Uh or they have multiple extractions and surgeries and implants, and they have all of these Mm very expensive or time-consuming or repetitive treatment methods like root planing for example usually most of my clients have had at least two or three times and then they'll have surgery i'll have all of these things and you can you hear the stories it's a chronic problem that just keeps going on and on and on and on because no one ever treated the cause the cause was never treated and for some reason well i mean it's unfortunate Patients believe that the cause is only bacteria, yeah. you see, and that's what they focus on because that's what their clinician is focused on, by right. the way. So I tell people, you've got an unbalanced focused on bacteria where 80% of your time and effort should be spent on figuring out what's wrong, what's going on with the immune system. If right. we want to achieve, again, if we want to achieve remission of disease and homeostasis,
0: yeah, we the have to,
1: yeah. We have to correct those things and give the host what it needs to be balanced and, you know, not out of control. And the other thing too, is a lot of our patients have a a predisposition to periodontitis. They have genetic mutations. And so I test for those because I want to understand why, why they have this disease. And if I discover they have certain gene mutations, that doesn't mean that, that it's, you know, the end of the world for them what I do is I do what's called epigenetics, where yeah. I treat what's triggered gene expression of inflammation. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're treating the cause and you're, t- you're uh, down-regulating inflammation and that gene expression, then you can achieve remission.
0: Yeah. You- and mm-hmm. I think that's why you're so empowering. And I think that's a very, very important point to yeah. really emphasize is that yes, we can definitely have that predisposition, disposition, just like you're talking about
1: but if you support,
0: you can turn that light switch off. Yes. You
1: can yep. Keep, yep. keep it and at I, bay.
0: And unfortunately,
1: yeah. and unfortunately, my professional colleagues are telling their patients they're hopeless because it's likely genetic. I can't tell you how yeah. many times I hear this a day. I'm doing consults all day long, every day, right? And I hear, oh my gosh, I hear everything. And my clients are coming from all over the world. So it's not just here in the United States. Oh. It's this body of knowledge, if you will, that hasn't budged in 70 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they still believe that bacteria is the cause. So, and, and and you know, no one's looking any further than bacteria, but they'll tell the patient, well, because we discovered that, we discovered uh, gene mutations back in, I think, 1998. And now we had a reason to say to our, now we could say to our patient, hey, you have a genetic, there's a genetic component to your disease, but no one ever gave them a solution. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, we figured it out. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's so
0: empowering about what you do. And I think that's really important is like, you don't have to feel defeated. I mean, there are, you are here to provide a solution, an empowerment, a foundational healing homeostasis. To people, you know, you don't have to just sit back and be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm, you know,
1: under the chair for surgeries for the rest of my life. That's, that's the way my patients, when they contact me, that's the, what's what they've been told. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many cases they, they contact me and they say, well, my periodontist told me I'm hopeless and I'll likely lose all my teeth in five years. I hear this story every day, Stephanie, and it makes me just sad and angry Uh, Because we have advanced technologies now where we can interrupt this disease, get it in remission, keep it there. We just need to empower our patients. We don't need to, you know, browbeat our patients and make them feel guilty about their disease. And unfortunately, that's a really common story. Mm -hmm. My patients are bawling, they're distraught, they're very upset by the time they find me, they've been told that it's all their fault. It really is not in a lot of cases, it's not their fault. And, you know, I think there's this misunderstanding that most people that have severe periodontitis are smokers or they're diabetics. That is not true. It is absolutely not true. There are a lot of people with excellent lifestyle Mm -hmm. that have a strong genetic component or several gene mutations, or maybe they have deficiencies they don't know about. And how would you ever know unless you look? And there's very little education going on in that regard um, to empower the patient mm-hmm. to become an active co-therapist in their own, you know, in their own disease. And yeah. it, it's yeah. it really is periodontitis in many chronic patients is very much like an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. Your body's inflammation is on hyperdrive. You're overproducing a destructive enzyme called collagenase and that destroys tissue and bone because all of the, everything supporting your teeth is made out of collagen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even the bone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and a lot of these patients not only have disease in their mouth, but they have undiagnosed disease in their body. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of my patients have osteoporosis and don't know it. Wow. When I get labs, I'm very thorough. I like to do integrative approach with really good practitioners, like functional good. medicine, people, Mm-hmm. or nurse yeah. or or osteopaths or you know these uh maybe even naturopathic doctors um i find that the mds don't k- kind of don't help me enough yeah. so i like to hook my patients up with someone who really will dig deep and go the extra mile because integrative approach is the only way to achieve remission and
0: yeah, you got the medical community
1: needs to know this yeah <laughs> and that's just it you don't
0: it's the same with what you're talking about you don't work alone right you gotta have a whole approach and you gotta have a team kind of yes heal the body heal the mouth heal Mm -hmm. everything that's going on just like i mean just like you're talking about you know with traditional dentists and patients that come to you bawling because they have been told you know they're focusing on one thing and one symptom, just like the, the traditional model.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too, I I failed to mention earlier. There's so many. Uh, it's very multifaceted, right? It's multifactorial. Um, a lot of patients have undiagnosed sleep apnea yeah. or hypopnea. They yeah. have airway issues. They have some of them are heavy mouth breathers. Mm-hmm. you're not going to have, you're not going to achieve health. If you're a mouth breather, you know, you're not going to yeah. achieve that. I mean, I can you can get some pretty good results, but it may not last unless you treat the mouth mm-hmm. breathing. Right. Yeah.
0: And that's um, almost in every aspect Yeah, of your health, not just your gum health. We're
1: looking at a whole, I, yeah, yeah. I go through a list of risk factor assessment with every single patient that I treat. And a lot of people are. Uh, uh, most of the consults I do, the patients will say, "No one ever asked me any of these things. Mm-hmm. I know. No one ever asked me these things." You know, um, are they? My t- traditional
0: t- dentist definitely didn't. Right? They don't yeah. even consider if you're a mouth breather, like they. And a, and a tongue thruster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mouth
1: breathers, tongue thrusters. It kind of all goes in hand in hand, uh, hand in hand for mm-hmm. disease. Um, and I
0: think that's in an important point to elaborate on for people is because it's it's very low it seems low level but it's not right Mm -hmm. and it's something that really needs to be brought into awareness because um you're correct right it's like I mean you know more than me but it's definitely breeds bacteria when you breathe through your mouth
1: yeah, and you can't have good cardiovascular health health if you're a mouth breather. You can't have good uh cognitive function if you're a mouth breather. There's mm-hmm. there's a whole science in that. You know, myofunctional therapy is something that uh, you know, helps treat those things with myofunctional disorders, we call it. Um yeah, there's a lot of good myofunctional therapists in the area, in the greater yeah. area. There's yeah, there's a true. lot of great education educators and providers of what we call myofunctional therapy. Yeah. And there's a lot of good dentists providing um, sleep medicine now as well. You know, they can send you home with a um, to te- you know to, uh, a, a home sleep test that you can sleep with for a few nights and figure out if it is, you know, if you're not getting enough oxygen at night, you're, you're, your whole body, you're at high risk for a lot of diseases, a lot of problems, right? Yeah. You know, people die of heart attacks and things in their sleep, healthy people, you Mm -hmm. know, football players for crying out loud. So, um, airway is all is, is very important. The deficiencies we already talked about, blood sugar, smoking is a major contributing factor. 75% of all advanced cases are smokers. So I, with my patients that are smokers, I, I don't make them quit before I do treatment. I can achieve beautiful results, even if they don't quit, but I do want them to seek out hypnosis or other forms of, you know, approaches. But for some people, smoking is their stress. It's how they manage stress Mm -hmm. and stress is a major contributor to all diseases. I don't think there's anything that's worse than stress, actually. No, Uh, I I might, I might agree completely. It's like, it's probably the number one killer.
0: That's yeah. very overlooked, isn't it? It's.
1: It is. I ask my patients yeah. about their stress, and I ask them how they deal with it. And, you know, some patients I get, I'll ask them the question, and the and the other end of the phone is just silence because they don't have a way to deal with stress. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's something that's. Um, you know, um, like talked about with our medical doctors and not you know with I don't know who's talking to them about it, but I find that a lot of my patients don't understand the importance with finding some kind of avenue to deal with stress that's healthy yeah mm-hmm.
0: i mean it's it's normalized i think a little bit
1: yeah um, <laughs> yeah <the> right problem <laughs> especially <laughs> in this country yeah <laughs> we're a bunch of workaholics and stressed out people and especially since covid you know mm-hmm. there's that emotional component to a disease that cannot be overlooked i have treated patients in the past with very severe depression and i I have a hard time achieving beautiful results on these types of people. If they're really severely clinically depressed, that's going to play a role in their periodontal disease. And and never mind possibly what medication they may be on for depression. A lot of our medications, you know, if you look at a patient's medication list these days, I mean, practically everyone coming in, if they've been to a doctor in the last few years is on something, Right and a lot of these medications contribute to periodontal disease they contribute to dry mouth and they contribute to all sorts of yeah uh, dysfunctional things in the body i think yeah.
0: that's the number one um, what side effect right dry mouth yeah. <laughs> for a lot of medications
1: well yeah. you know um str- you know I, back to stress i, I <laughs> my way of dealing with stress is going to nature and mm-hmm. trying to practice gr- gratitude and mindfulness um i also allow myself to i mean i meditate every day yeah um and i would suggest to anyone to even try hypnosis as kind of a you know stress is such a huge component that again we can't overlook that yeah for all
0: inflammation all inflammation all inflammation i mean Yeah. yeah mouth whatever inflammation it may be i completely agree and that's why your approach is so beautiful because you are treating the whole patient yeah. You're looking at everything.
1: And- I'm I'm well grounded in science and that's something that I'm proud of, that mm-hmm. everything that I do is grounded in science. I do not do anything to on my patients um, or recommend things for my patients that it does not have, you know, is not backed by evidence-based, you know, uh, literature, care, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't like gimmicks yeah <laughs> there's a lot of gimmicks out there there's <laughs> Medita- not-
0: meditation is proven not to be a gimmick
1: right? <laughs> so- no, no i know there's a lot of science yeah. behind meditation yeah. oh my goodness yeah. sakes but i'm talking about you know um treating the mouth there are a lot of methodologies for treating periodontal disease as you can imagine um that simply are not backed by science yeah they're not founded in science they're well rather- and i
0: yeah i think you brought up a very good point i just wanted to jump in there because for people to advocate with themselves wherever they are if they are in this journey to be careful with their dentists, right about gimmicks and i think that's yeah. important
1: yeah. you bring up
0: a very good question to ask
1: the scientific you really need to start asking questions like for example ask your hygienist or your dentist why they're not using an endoscope Mm -hmm. Um, when they're doing their periodontal probing when they're measuring you know your pockets I'm sure you Stephanie have had your pockets measured every six months or whatever Um, that piece of technology was developed in the early 1900s and has not changed has not changed so it's a notched metal stick to diagnose your disease a very I mean so this is why and it and it's so flawed beyond flawed it's ridiculous so when my patients come to me and they come to me with this this set of numbers that show that they've had this periodontal charting done these gum measurements done I get in there with my endoscope and all of those numbers are wrong Wow. pockets are a lot deeper than that and it just over the years my endoscope has taught me so much wow about not only the notched metal stick not being accurate for diagnosing but also the x-rays because the x-rays are two-dimensional and sometimes uh, the the cavity or the problem has to become so big for us to even see that it's there on an x-ray that by that time the patient needs a root canal or maybe they need an extraction at that point. So our two-dimensional x-rays and our periodontal charting, the two things that we rely on the most for diagnosis The other part of our diagnosis is evaluating what the tissue looks like, what the color looks like, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And is there, is there bleeding easily? Is there bleeding when we're probing, that sort of thing? All of those methodologies are, you know, a hundred years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To put it mildly, we, this profession is antiquated. I, I mean... I just got done reading a paper this morning before jumping on with you, and it was very well done by a group of periodontists who have kind of had it like I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've kind of, we have kind of had it the the standard of care has got to change.
0: <laughs> just poking people with a stick. <laughs> uh,
1: the notched metal stick, the x rays, uh, the, the, um, the refusal to use an endoscope the, yeah. the the non-interest to be utilizing a technology that will allow us and this is what i lecture about will not only allow us to prevent disease and stop it in its earlier stages mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about just gum disease i'm talking about decay right you get a cavity under a crown we're not going to see that on the x-ray until it's gigantic and yeah, now the patient yeah. needs a root canal mm-hmm. because the metal in the crown blocks that ability right. to be able and to
0: there's already some systemic probably yeah.
1: implications so, on that. So we we want to prevent piles of extracted teeth. We need to do better. We need to do better. We have to have better technology. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of this is not the hygienist fault, by the way. No. I don't know who I, I don't know if it's the ADA driving this or who's driving this. Um, it's probably a combination of both the AAP and the ADA. Why are we not using? Endoscopes in every single operatory across the country right now. Yeah. Well, and that's
0: what I was just gonna say to you is I almost feel like everybody should just come and see you because it's like
1: no I can't, I can't see everybody. I, I know
0: you can't <laughs> see everybody, but you're out there training registered dental hygienists because it well, should it, be right when you go get an exam, you should be
1: using an RPE, right? I mean- you, somebody, No, the RPE is the actual method. Now okay. we'll talk about that in a second, but the endoscope is the technology. So you have a dental endoscope, you can diagnose more definitively, uh-huh. all things, everything in an earlier stage, right? You can diagnose and treat sooner. And by yeah. the way, if, even if someone were to put a crown in your mouth, you really want someone to go in after they've cement that crown and make sure they cleaned up all that cement. Because if they did not clean up all that cement, then you're going to have a festering inflamed wound or, you know, an an inflamed infection down there for years. And then that's going to cause failure of the crown eventually. I I see patients with orthodontic treatment. Let's say you've had braces, full mouth Mm -hmm. braces, and you had traditional bands and the whole thing, right, instead of Invisalign. Well, they do their best to clean off all that cement when they pull those bands off, but they do not, they Mm. do not get those areas clean. And so I see a lot of cases that have had uh, orthodontic treatment, even in their teens. And they come to me as an adult and they still have all that cement down there. So, um, I mean, I could go on and on. Let's say someone has full mouth rehab and they have a whole bunch of uh, full uh, porcelain crowns done top and bottom, just beautiful, right? But someone's got to get in there with an endoscope and clean up those margins, okay? Yeah. So I just, you know, I honestly, I could go on and on. Um, the value of using an endoscope is, um, it, it's going to pre- prevent so many huge problems. But here's the story on the endoscope, Stephanie, if you want uh, me to tell yes, it. Yes, yes, I the do. Endoscope emerged, uh, the prototype emerged in 1998. I started using one of 10 prototypes in 2000 or 2000. Um, they, they, they put the, the company, um, dental view put, I think about $30 million over a period of four years into marketing, R and D research, all that kind of stuff. They were lecturing, they had periodontists lecturing all over the country about what a great technology this was. It looked like it was going to be, you know, I couldn't sleep for weeks after I learned that this thing even existed. I was like, oh my God, it's going to change everything. Well, after four years of dental um, dental view, the name of the company had to file bankruptcy because no one, the dental industry didn't want it. So they couldn't sell any, even with all the research they were doing and all the periodontists speaking highly about this technology. So then a periodontist in California kind of saved what was left of it, bought the company and and uh, built the next generation uh, endoscope. And basically, it's just a, you know, that's the machine that I currently use. And the company that, yes. yeah, that owns that company right now is Zest. And they're only making three. They're only manufacturing three per year. Wow. <laughs> and actually next year, they may discontinue manufacturing these machines. so no, we have to have yeah. these machines. But and, and, and then I started a company in 2014 called OraView. Back okay. then, I, I founded a, an endoscope company. It was called Perioendoscopy. The company since changed its name to AuraView. I do not own the company anymore, but I'm the one that started it. But that company has been struggling. Struggling. Wow. I think that, uh, let's see, it's been eight years now. And so, you know, the company Oraview does not have a lot of, uh, we, we could never get investors behind it. So I just-
0: um, Well, we're here today spreading the word because we want people to demand, because we're talking about on, on like a regular- a visit to clean your teeth and check your gum line that we should be doing and, and, and just endoscopy. Well, well,
1: not just that blind root planing should be abolished entirely. We know that it doesn't work. Okay. The research is replete with how the limitations of blind root planing, what, what people unfortunately don't understand is that there, there are other things not being diagnosed, not just not just the fact that your your hygienist, your poor hygienist is doing her best blindly, but she knows she is not going to be able to remove all that stuff. So why? So let's talk about informed consent. Let's say a patient comes in the office, they have advanced stage or even moderate stage periodontitis, and they tell the patient to go through traditional root planing. But do they tell the patient that, hey, Mary, we're only going to get about 50% at best, by the way, Stephanie. Right. At best, fifty percent of that tartar that's down there. But we're still going to have you go through this procedure, knowing that. Wow. Would Mary choose that if she could look at the research? If if she could look at the research and let's say the dentist said, but if we use an endoscope on you, we can get ninety nine point nine percent of that stuff wow. out. Wow. Yeah. Compared to and and the research is clear on that. Okay. But not only that, using an endoscope you achieve a higher level of detoxing that root than even with surgery. So, so it's even a higher level yeah. of care than surgery because it's a microscope with a bright light on it. That's why. So <laughs> for, for our <laughs> listeners who
0: might not know what blind cleaning is, can we explain? Yes, exactly I'm so sorry. Yeah.
1: Blind deep cleaning. So when you have any any stage of gum disease, whether it's early, moderate, or advanced the first methodology, the first recommendation will be what's called a deep cleaning mm-hmm. to try to stop that disease, to try to definitively stop the disease. This is this is traditional care, by the way. This is not my care. This is traditional care. All the insurance companies pay for what's called root planing. It's, mm-hmm. Deep cleaning is synonymous with root planing. Root planing means they take these heavy uh, bladed metal instruments and they scrape your roots blindly. And let's say, okay, so if you're in the moderate stages or the advanced stages, you've got pockets that are greater than five millimeters. And uh, you know, the deeper the pocket, the harder it is to be able to remove all that stuff. So let's say if you're in the earlier stages, then traditional root planing will probably work pretty well for you because you're only dealing with very shallow pocket depths. But okay. the research is clear that over four millimeters, if you got pockets over four millimeters, that the clinician, because she can't see or he can't see, is going to leave about 50% of that tartar, that toxic stuff in there. Okay. So be like your be like your cardiac surgeon telling you that, hey, we're we're gonna recommend this procedure on you, but we're gonna do it blindly. We're gonna wear a blindfold and we're gonna fuss around in there and kind of feel our way around. Yeah. And by the way, we can't feel everything. So when you have, so so how effective is that going to be is my, my point. Yeah. But if you have traditional blind root cleaning or blind deep cleaning with no endoscope, in other words, it's not a visual right. uh, procedure. Yeah. If you're just feeling around, groping around in the dark, what what we have found is that there's um, tartar, lots of toxic tartar down there that you can't feel with your instruments, wow. right? Yeah. So your hygienist is doing his or her best. They are giving it their all. Many hygienists are fantastic people. They're very compassionate people. The dental hygiene community is full of really compassionate care providers, but they are not being given the proper tools to do their job. And a lot of them don't even know about these tools, correct? A lot of them don't know about the tools or they... I I have come across hygienists that want nothing to do with endoscopes. I, I I have worked in an office... I was providing care in an office for seven years and the hygienist there didn't even want to watch me for five minutes do a procedure. Oh. So there was kind of this, put the blinders on, you know, close the ears up, la 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 la. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. Um, and those are usually your hygienists that are older. I mean, yeah. they've been in the professional while, you know, um, seasoned hygienists, I find a lot of times don't want to, they just don't want to learn, an, you know, old yeah. dog doesn't want to learn a new trick. They think okay. that what they're doing, but there's this thought that they think that what they're doing is good enough, you see. Yeah. Well, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't actually look in those pockets with an endoscope, then how would you know that what you're doing isn't really having that much of a profound impact for that patient? Right. And then the patient ends up going, by the way, after traditional blind deep cleaning, blind root cleaning, then the patient, because it doesn't work, if you're if you're at an office that's very conscientious and doesn't want you to maintain deep pockets they'll send you to a periodontist a gum specialist gum mm-hmm. disease specialist and that gum disease specialist called a periodontist will do flap surgery on you where they cut your gums open they fillet your gums open and then they can visually see those areas to clean them wow okay it's often Shops. called osseous surgery they'll 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 do osseous or flap surgery, or maybe they'll even do what's called laser surgery. Now, laser surgery, it's also called lanap is done blindly, unless they're using an endoscope to guide them. It's done blindly. So it's exactly like blind traditional root planing, blind deep cleaning, with a laser on two settings. So I just, they're cutting, but it's also very expensive. I just got done talking to a patient from British Columbia who's coming down here for treatment and. Her periodontist up there quoted her $8,000 for laser surgery. I asked her, I said, is he using an endoscope? Well, there's no endoscopes in Canada, by the way. There's no endoscopes in Canada. So so these periodontists are taught to do laser surgery blindly and really not that different from traditional blind root planing. It's just that it's a laser and it's a a doctor-dedicated procedure so they can charge a lot of money for it. Well, it's... I, I know Stephanie, this all sounds really negative, but I hear, here. you know, I think there's a lot of hope. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think we need to, I think we need to pull it back. You know, I think that there's a couple of really hopeful things that you said there, right. Um, it's just, just kind of be your own advocate with your dentist, right? Yeah. If you're looking, start asking questions like, okay. So you said, if it's a four millimeter pocket, or if it's deeper than that, they are going to suggest that possibly. So maybe, you know, you should start asking your dentist, well, how how deep is that pocket? Yes. What is going to be that procedure? And I think those are extremely empowering things to say to people because you're going to say, well, okay, yeah, now you know. Now you know that those (laughs) procedures only cover 50%. And I think it's important yeah. for the recommendation. And I mean, even going off of that, Judy. I mean, what is? I think it's important maybe for everybody to ask, right? Because you're talking about even catching it in the first stages, right? To ask maybe what their pockets might be or their yeah. gun session.
1: I mean, the earlier you know, if you're still if you're still measuring four to five millimeters, you should still be. the the hygienist should be uh, able to treat that very effectively as long as she's looking into the causal issues like we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. So part of that prevention is not just the fact that she can remove the tartar, but also figure out what deficiencies created this perfect storm, right? Right. So you gotta treat the cause. You can't just remove the calculus because this is not a, you know, it's kind of like diabetes. It's, you know, it's got a systemic, it's got a systemic cause. So, right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and and again, unfortunately, that education is not, mm-hmm. I, I don't find, because I go to a lot of courses. I go to a mm-hmm. lot of continuing education courses. I lecture at some of them, that sort of thing. And I don't find that, you know, the hygienists and the dentists, when a patient comes in with periodontal disease, the, the first questions should be, You know, like this list of questions I ask my patient is trying to figure out what's creating the perfect storm, not that there's tartar there. I even wrote an article that said, ignore the calculus, focus on the host, right? Focus on the host response, Um, because you'll find things hidden there that your patient doesn't know that they have. And um, that empowers the patient if you give them that education then that empowers your patient to know that deficiencies play a big role or that right. airway or mouth breathing or tongue thrusting or whatever it is, you know, plays a big role. Um, you know, gene mutations, uh, diet. I mean, I could go on and on about all the risk right. factors, you know, factors. I mean, I think that's very important for people
0: to know. I mean, I know that you can't see everybody. And so maybe we should tell people, what to flag when they're looking, when they're at the dentist and they're at their dental hygienist, you know, and you're asking these questions, but you're not getting the answers that you want. And you start calling around to a different, a different place to get your teeth clean, to get your care. You know, what, what should you be asking and what should you be
1: Well, I I would say going back to really empowering the patient, if you have been diagnosed, first of all, if you've been diagnosed with any stage of periodontal disease, whether it's early, moderate, or advanced, make sure that you don't have any deficiencies, number one, okay? Make sure that you don't have airway, undiagnosed airway stuff. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're not a mouth breather and a tongue thruster, all those things, because you have the power to treat that stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Even if your dentists and hygienists are not educating you in that regard, you have the power. The mm-hmm. other thing, um, yeah, i I would like to see because the endoscope technology is what we call tech push, okay, tech push, which means that if the industry is not going to gravitate to this wonderful tool, Then tech push, you know, it's just harder to get it into the marketplace when it's called what they call tech push. Um, I think that it's going to require public awareness for things to change. And this is where I think some good, good things are coming. I think that, you know, because we have the internet now, right? And I think that patients are learning to empower themselves through education, through knowledge, and I think if they start asking these questions, let's say let's say one of your patients listening goes in for their root planing next week, and I know some of your listeners yeah. have periodontal disease because yeah. it's a rather prevalent disease. It's the most prevalent oh, yeah. disease on the planet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And let's have your patient you go in there I want you to ask these questions and you can even read my website if you need to get the proper verbal skills I have information all over the blog there's you do. education you my, my, my website is meant to be educational to help you make good decisions but ask your hygienist how deep are my pockets how do you know you're going to get all that stuff out of there and if you don't get all that stuff out of there then what Okay. Because a lot of times they don't tell the patient, well, Mary, we're going to do traditional root cleaning in your whole mouth. We're going to get you numb and we're going to scrape, scrape, scrape on your roots to try to get that stuff out of there without seeing it. Um, but they don't tell the patient, if this doesn't work, you're go- we're going to send you off to the surgeon for osseous or flap surgery. So the patient is really, I find they're not informed. They're not well-informed. Yeah, yeah. left Um, out some pieces there, right? 50% (laughs) and then. (laughs) If if Mary knew that you were only going to get 50% out of of that tartar out of there and that she would still have these chronic infections, let's call it what it is, they're chronic infections. Yeah. And that all that pathogenic bacteria streaming through your body, going to your brain, going to your lungs, going to your stomach, goes to everywhere, every part of your body. Well, if you could make an educated decision by having informed consent, there's, there's just no informed consent going on, Stephanie, very, very little. I, in all my years, and even when I was in doing traditional hygiene, we, I'm guilty of it too, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And what the heck was I supposed to tell the patient? I was just doing what I was taught. Exactly. What was I taught in school? What was I taught at all the continuing education courses I go to? They all teach the same thing. They all teach traditional root planning. Some of them use ozone. Some of them use laser in addition to that. Or some of them use arrestin, And they charge a, a ton for this stuff, for these extra you know, uh, you know t- these additives on top of the blind root planning, they'll, they'll stick these things in the pocket or they'll use a laser or they'll put some ozone in there, whatever it is. But that's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid and it's not necessary. If you can get all that toxic stuff out of there, then you don't need that stuff. You don't need any of it. Um, but is, is Mary being informed that 50% of that tartar, even if you're using ozone or laser or what have you, if you're not using an endoscope, you're still gonna have infection. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line. line. Yeah. I mean bottom line from being the the person that sits in the chair. I evolving but dentistry has not evolved. There's no evolution in dental hygiene. And I and I I do often wonder you know, why have has the, my profession has been kept in the dark? Why have we not been empowered to do more? And this is what I teach is I teach dental hygienists that you, dental high, the, the dental hygienist you are a major, major player. Not only can you um, uh, save hopeless teeth quite easily with this protocol that I've developed and have it cost less to the patient and it's not painful and it's, you know, all of these wonderful things, But you are the first line of response, you know, you're the one that can catch these deficiencies, you're the one that can really create change in this patient's health. It's the dental hygienist that has that power because she sees he or she sees that patient every three months. We're every six months, but we're the only ones that know what's going on in that mouth. The dentist is only in there for five minutes doing their exam. We're the ones that spend all the time and develop the relationship with the patient. We should be the ones getting those labs and having those questions about when's the last time you were tested for vitamin D deficiency or B12? Do you take these things? Do Does the hygienist understand all these risk factors and does she understand does she or he or she understand that we should be testing for pathogens at least once a year, yeah. just like you would screen for cholesterol once a year. You want to see what virulent yeah. pathogens this patient may be harboring and, and those pathogens in their, you know, their oral biome, we call it. Yeah. That Oral biome doesn't stay in your oral cavity. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So I am we, so glad
1: you brought this up
0: because I think this is an extremely, extremely important important thing is you know until i started moving into a holistic dentistry community nobody at my routine cleanings checked the bacteria in my mouth they did not look at my biome yeah.
1: and i can think- and You're Candida, right. You know, because we can check for Candida, we can check for viruses that put you at higher risk for cancer, for oral cancer, right? So we have saliva tests that we can do now that um, can be relatively inexpensive as, if the dental office isn't chart, You know, a lot of these offices are just charging way too much for this technology, but we have a really easy way to take a saliva sample. As a matter of fact, your naturopathic doctor can do this for you, or your functional medicine practitioner. It doesn't have to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. And and we can actually get get to, to to learn what what your biome contains, and then you can take appropriate targeted action based on those findings. Yeah. Um, I find that a lot of these host response is unbalanced. Mm-hmm. All right you know, some of our patients are hyper responders. Well, why are they, why do they have an allergy to plaque bacteria? Why are they hyper responding? These are the things that you need to be looking into. And that's why I say, you know, tartar is part of the puzzle, but it is only a piece of the puzzle. It's not the entire picture. Um, You know, we also use contrast phase microscopes to just directly evaluate what's swimming around in those pockets I want you to keep your natural teeth if it's possible to keep your natural tooth without having chronic infection. Right. Okay. So this isn't a hail Mary, yeah. hey, we're going to try to keep infected teeth in the mouth. No, absolutely not. I always tell people be very proactive when it comes to infected teeth because your infected teeth can kill you. Yeah. You know, half of all heart attacks and strokes are light are the research is, is bearing this out. All half of all heart attacks and strokes are from oral pathogens right? Getting into the cardiovascular system, getting into those arterioles, causing inflammation there, boom, you get rupture of that fibrous cap and you get what's called a thrombus and that's a heart attack or a stroke. And that stuff has to the periodontist lecture you and tell you it's all your fault. Yeah. Yeah, If you're a heavy smoker, yeah, a big part of it is your fault. But if you're just an everyday person that tries to live a, a decent lifestyle you know, we're all getting through this whole stressful world in our own way. We're doing the best we can. Yeah. But if you're not given, if you're not being empowered with knowing what causes I'm a very holistic person, uh, but I'm also a very grounded scientific person and I am a results driven nerd. I want to see, you know, I'm a Nazi when it comes to nerd, <laughs> to, when it comes to results. Um, I'm very results driven. The medication called karyostat, nothing works better for stopping this disease in its tracks and also promoting regeneration. And that is, I
0: mean, I read that on your website. Um, That's amazing because your website is so informative. Um, You know, that's periopeak.com for everyone. And that's, you know, you can read about that and you read about your three-step process and all the stuff that's been forgotten
1: and you, your like patients can empower your patient, your audience can empower themselves by asking about periostat and don't let anybody tell you that it doesn't work because I'm here to tell you that I've never seen anything work as well. And I've tried everything to downregulate host response. I've tried resveratrol, vitamin C, all of these various things, heritaki, all these more natural approaches, because I have a lot of patients that want to do a more natural approach. But I if I have to say to my patient, they'll they'll say to me, well, what works absolutely the best? Periostat, the medication periostat, hands down, uh, absolutely creates incredible results, clinical results. I would not be able to work without it. I just yeah. You reduce the inflammation in the mouth by 60 to 80% in only two weeks. Wow. 60 to 80% in only two weeks. And if you want to manage a case, let's say someone tells you that you have a genetic form of disease, you can opt to take this medication. That will halt that that, uh, expression of inflammation right in its tracks and allow you to keep your teeth the rest of your life, but you don't have to take it all the time. You take it for three to six months and then you go off for three to six months. But in the meantime, you're treating all the causal issues like the deficiencies and the airway stuff. You don't, I don't want my patients to stay on a medication forever. That is not the goal. It's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. That's an empowering thing. Make sure you're healthy. Make sure you find an office, by the way, that does oral DNA testing. It's called oraldnalabs.com. And if you go to that website, oraldnalabs.com, they have a, you can put your zip code in and you can find a provider of that test. Okay. You should be having that test at least once a year. Like I said, just like your cholesterol. And then, and then if you have high pathogens, have them retest. Yeah. So let's say you're going through active ortho or something like that, have them test you to make sure that you don't have a mouthful of pathogenic bacteria to begin with. Because yeah. now if you start moving teeth and it's going to be harder for you to keep it clean, mm. now you're just asking for trouble. And by the way, if you're planning to get pregnant, make sure they have have given you this test. Know, know what your oral biome has got going on, right? Yeah, I Is think that
0: Yeah, that's a great point as well, even for someone trying to get pregnant or they are pregnant. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, they they, they, They say, go see the dentist, you know, keep your hypertension, he or she needs to go run to the nearest place and find out what pathogens they're harboring, Uh because that could be at least part of why they have hypertension. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a whole picture. Yeah. Or, or, or if you have dementia or your mom's developing Alzheimer's or gosh, there's a pathogen, um, called AA for short. It's a really long name, but we call it AA Yeah, it causes lung diseases. I had a patient come to me. She had a spot on her chest x-ray. She was having lung problems, lung infections. She was not only a gal in her sixties, by the way, And she had uh, a spot on her lungs or several spots on her lungs. And her doctor thought she had lung cancer. Wow. And she came to me for periodontal treatment and I tested her and by golly, she had that pathogen in high numbers, what's called AA. It's a really virulent bug. You don't want to have that. And I, we cleaned. And so we determined that that pathogen, she was, you know, breathing it in, you know, breathing it into her lungs from her massive periodontal infection that harbored that bug. All the, you know, the emergency um, patients in nursing homes, this is the number one reason for uh, ambulances to come to nursing homes, emergencies, these, these elderly patients develop pneumonia from this oral pathogen called PA, you know, because in a nursing home, they're not getting the best oral hygiene, right? They're not getting the best care. And so they, a lot of them will develop this pathogen. They'll breathe it in. They'll develop pneumonia as a result. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, if there's any, I, mean, I think at the end of this show, your patients are like, my goodness, my mouth is a portal. It's a- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do it one you hour can lunch find... That's <laughs> wonderful. And I think that's
0: great because that's empowering. Just like I was saying, if your dentist is open to this sort of stuff, they don't know what they don't know. And Judy is available.
1: Yeah. To I'm available.
0: <laughs> and you could change the lives of you know, your own family, yourself, yes, as well as many, many others. So you can find Judy again, we'll say at um, periopeak, com, and just send her a contact if you're interested in bringing her to your dentist or if
1: you yeah, are interested yeah. in. Anywho, oh, I want to also tell know. the clinicians out there that they're welcome to come shadow me anytime they want. Okay. Cause I love to teach. So if you're curious about this whole treatment method, and maybe you don't want me to come in and do a lunch and learn yet, you can come to me and watch me and listen to me. Okay. I do that. Just come on in and listen to me and watch me do a case. Yeah. Um, and I'll put you to work and you can assist me. <laughs> Great. Um, First thing I want to clarify though, Perio Peak as in the mountain peak, not as in peekaboo. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. I should <laughs> Sometimes spell people that think out. it's Perio Peak as in peekaboo, but it's Perio okay. Peak like the mountain. Okay. Dot com. Yeah.
0: Perio Peak, P E A K.com. We'll put those in the show notes too so okay. that everybody has those. Oh, okay. And um, oh, it's been so wonderful. This has been so eye opening and so hopeful and empowering. and
1: yeah.
0: I think I'm excited. a lot of it has yeah. I'm excited I I hope really good
1: things come from this. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So I think this was beautiful and I think I, it's, yeah. I thank you so much, Stephanie, for this important work that you're doing with yeah. this podcast. That's, I mean, that's awesome that you're doing this.
0: And thank you. Thank you for all the important work that you're doing. So okay. this Welcome. has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy.
1: Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too, Stephanie. Bye. Thanks.
0: In this episode, I think it's important to take away that if you do have periodontal disease, that you can explore your options out there. Also, I think this episode, one of the biggest takeaways is really having a team and on that team, a registered dental hygienist and how much they can do for you and your health, your biome. I mean, it's really wonderful and it's somebody you should have on your holistic care team because our mouth really does affect everything in our overall health. And thirdly, I think it's important to know this information, to be your own advocate, even if you have, you know, sensitive gums or maybe the beginning of gingivitis, to know what's out there. And thirdly, I really think it's a great takeaway that this technology is available and can be brought to your dentist who may be very interested in this technology as well. And I think you could also be on the forefront of a technology that may change the face of Our overall health by the health of our gums. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did and you know somebody who needs to hear it, please click those three little dots in Apple and share it with your friends or in Spotify. Please share. And I always love to hear from you guys. So if you enjoy this episode, write a review and you will be entered into a contest to win a veggie poster, which we'll go into in later episodes, but write a review and you have a chance to win a slew of prizes. And I look forward to seeing you in the next